0: clock in pirate country and it's time to get pumped up with the p-man he will, he will rock you.
1: <laughs> hit the door and hit the road
0: 94.3 the game is going to get you home and the p-man's not holding back yes yes
1: pirates win
0: pirates win bring on the patrick johnson show on 94.3 the game Holy oh my goodness the flagship station of the ecu pirates a fast start and a lot of fun here today on the Patrick Johnson Show. We've got ECU baseball coming up at 6 this evening as East Carolina, number 7 in the land, travels to Charlotte to take on the 49ers. They'll be at the Truist Park in Charlotte's uptown. Thanks for being with us here today. Chris Cook is uh, producing the program. We uh, are going to get you out to Scooter & Coach O at 5.45 this afternoon for pregame on the ECU Sports Network. Couple comments from Cliff Godwin and a uh, bit of a pirate report here for you. Uh, this will be the 41st meeting between the two programs and Zach Root gets the uh, start, his fifth of the year. Three and one is the freshman lefty this year for the Pirates with a 346 earned run average. He'll go against right-hander Miles Langholm, who is one and one on the season and in limited action has an ERA over 10. So, uh, Johnny Allstaff Day, it would seem, for the Niners who are coming off a 5-3 loss to UNC last night at Boshimer Stadium. Uh, Cliff Godwin uh, with some comments to play for you here, and uh, we start with uh, Garrett Saylor returning Sunday, and uh, Coach G talking about that. The plan was to, to let him pitch the, the ninth yesterday, and uh, obviously... He... 10 run loaded, so we couldn't do that so uh, we
1: wanted to get out there you know you know not game on the line situation first time back out he
2: thrown a couple bullpens but he had to face any hitters and you could tell he was a little rusty. he was amped up i mean um, you could just see his adrenaline was going which is good to get him back
0: out yeah it was uh coach godwin talking about sailor returning from the uh oblique injury uh this is coach g on uh Cam Clonch's performances as of late. Every time
2: he gets an opportunity, he puts together really quality at-bats. And you, know, you talk about the depth of our team, when guys have been hurt, guys step up. And it's just a very selfless approach. And I can tell you this, Cam Clonch comes to practice every day. He works his tail off. And uh, even when he's not in the game, he's pulling hard for the Pirates, which is just a tremendous teammate.
0: Pirates have won eight in a row coming in. Uh, Coach Godwin asked if this is... uh the string of best baseball of the season that ECU's playing. We are. You know, we still need to
1: you know, get some guys uh, healthy with J.C. and you know McChrystal and uh, even Wilcoxon to be 100%. And, you know, we got a tough week ahead, four games uh, on the road, which we haven't
2: played great on the road, so that will be a good challenge for us.
0: And that starts tonight in Charlotte against the 49ers at the uh, Truist Stadium, home of the uh, AAA Charlotte Knights. So Charlotte is coming into the American Athletic Conference beginning next year. Uh, how are they positioned to become a member of the AAC and an in-state foe for ECU? A closest, uh, in-state opponent that ECU's had on, in the conference since the 49ers and Pirates were members of, uh, Conference USA. So, we're gonna talk with, uh, Bobby Rizinski. He's gonna join us to talk about that. He's out in Charlotte as a, uh, host on 7.30, the game. Uh, 97-5 in the Queen City also handles ESPN Plus play-by-play duties for the 49ers. Alright, uh, so we'll get out to Bobby Rosinski. We're driving you up to Pirate Baseball and we'll talk uh, a little bit about the Niners after this time out on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coming up tonight, ECU Charlotte, they're meeting in Queen City, and we'll have it for you here on 94-3 The Game. gets you out to coverage beginning at 545. But right now, uh, we head out there telephonically. Bobby Rosinski is with us. Host on 730 The Game in Charlotte, 97-5. Also, uh, play-by-play man for ESPN Plus at ESPN3 for the Niners in basketball and, uh, football. Uh, Bobby, great to talk to you. Thank you for uh, coming on with us here on the program. Really appreciate
1: it. I appreciate the time, Patrick. And uh, I know tonight there should be a great crowd. True as steel. The weather, you cannot ask for a better day in Charlotte. There should be a good one tonight.
0: Yeah, it's gorgeous. And uh, this was a great matchup in the, uh, or at least for the Pirates, a a fun matchup. Uh, But a great matchup a couple years ago in the uh, regional in Greenville. And it'll be one that'll be played regularly from here on out. So I got that's a good place to start. Obviously uh, an opportunity for more money coming into the uh, coffers for the 49ers uh, compared to their deal with uh, Conference USA. So that's a positive thing. What's the reaction about to head into the American and heading to the American for uh, for fans of the 49ers?
1: Uh, the fans are excited about the move here and uh, moving up a level. Obviously, more money for the program is a big thing. We're seeing improvements going on at the university. Uh, the football stadium is going to be getting bigger here over the next couple of years, so it kind of fits into the requirements that are needed. Uh, but we can just look at ECU, and, and I think the excitement. And I don't know where it is on the uh, the pirate side of things, but for the Charlotte Forty Nine er fans to have that team in state. To kind of create these matchups, we'll see. I know we've seen it on the basketball court, the two teams get together. Obviously, baseball, we just talked about. But to get this annual matchup going on on the football field, we've seen it some with Charlotte and App State. Now, App State's won all those games. So, as we all know, to start a rivalry, you have to win it. And Charlotte's still fairly new when it comes to footballs. We're just talking about a decade in for this team. But overall excitement, you talk about the programs that are going to be coming in here to Charlotte that you guys know well about. In the American, Uh, I know Navy is set to come here and Mm -hmm. play this season. I think that's got excitement uh, for the Charlotte fan base. And, you know, Conference USA has been a good home, and we'll see a lot of Conference USA move into the American with five other teams making the move from Charlotte. But I do think those are all good programs. I mean, we all just saw FAU make the run into the Final Four. There was the NIT that was won by Conference USA. So there's some good programs making the move. But I think overall the quality of opponents that will be coming here – to Charlotte or Charlotte going on the road as well. And maybe cities, people might be more intrigued to go visit as Charlotte fans than maybe they were in Conference USA.
0: I would say the ECU fan base is excited because there is a recognition that this is a growing university. There's obviously tradition in basketball, which has been pretty good. There's been the rivalry in that sport and in baseball, at least, or at least regular meetings. And I think people are excited about a a trip that is not going to be in Texas. And I would think that's probably part of the Charlotte fan base excitement, too. There's actually somewhere I could drive and watch my team play if I wanted to.
1: Yeah, I know. Look, for me, I've always just dreamed. I actually went to college at App State. So uh, knowing App State and, look, the Sun Belt kind of is where I wish. I I know money plays all parts, so you have to take away every conversation you have with money. But to look at App, ECU, Charlotte, you look at programs where, as a fan, yeah, you can traveled to. And you know, at one point in conference USA Marshall obviously left to go to Sunbelt. He had Old Dominion, but I, I don't think that created much excitement. Marshall was probably the, the biggest rival if you want to use right. air quotes around that for Charlotte, but mm-hmm. it still didn't bring out people to so whether it was Halton Arena. Or Jerry Richardson Stadium. I know for ECU that will be different. And, uh, for the 49er fans, uh, they're excited about it. And, you know, for 49ers, we go back to Mike Houston, who to me has done an incredible job with ECU and uh, what he's done with that program. It's been fun to watch. And it's the reason Charlotte wanted to hire him. Uh, right. he ended up going to ECU, which is perfect for the Pirates and for Charlotte at a time. It looked like it was going to work out with Will Healy. Clearly it didn't go that route the, the rest of the way. And that's why we got to change it. You know, Charlotte has a spring game coming up here on Saturday in football where I think a lot of people are excited and intrigued by that because it's the roster that has changed just so much uh, from the end of this past season.
0: It is uh, great to be talking to Bobby Rosinski here. He's a radio host out in Charlotte's uh, 97.5, 7.30 the game and uh, calls Charlotte 49er uh, football and uh, basketball both for the men and women on uh, ESPN+. So, uh, pirate fans will be getting to know Bobby, I'm sure, uh, over the, uh, next, uh, well, hopefully long time as, uh, both these teams are going to be, uh, involved in, uh, conference play in the American starting next year. Uh, it seems like that the hiring of, uh, of Biff Pogey has, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, by the way. Yeah, no, that's uh, Biff, correct. uh, There we go. Biff Pogey. Uh, it, it seems like that that hire has, Uh, given a shot in the arm to the football fortunes, possibly, of the Niners.
1: Yeah, you look at Biff coming in, and it's the pedigree of what he has coming from the Michigan Wolverines. Now, I'll be fully honest, and I think every Charlotte fan when the name came across that day first on Twitter from College Football Reporters you, you had to Google who is this posty unless you'd watch that Netflix series that mm-hmm. he's been a part of mm-hmm. with his high school team in Baltimore, but you hear about what his role was at Michigan and look for Michigan, there was always talk every year Well, they, they didn't live up to expectations, they didn't beat Ohio State. I'm not saying it was all Coachy, don't get me wrong here, but he Arrived, and Michigan went to bigger success over the last couple of years. And he comes here to Charlotte. And I know I'm, I'm excited about it. Just the, the type of style of play that we're going to see here. It's more smash, smash mouth what you saw from Michigan Wolverines. Uh, I haven't seen many people, Patrick, lose a press conference. Uh, your first press conference it's usually it's hard to do that, and Biff did do that. You know, he he was good. I, I will say there was one person I thought had a press conference here in Charlotte that I left, and I was like, what was that? And that was Mitch Kupchak's first press yeah. conference, and we can argue, you know, a few years later
0: that. Has I was not gonna say out. he's had a few other ones too that have left yeah, people no, scratching their
1: heads. There's plenty that have gone that way, but Biff came across. Yeah, you know, he, he makes no bones about. It. Hey, we're Going to compete. We're planning on competing for a championship this year. Whether that's realistic or not, I don't know. Uh, we'll find out a lot about this team. Even their non conference schedule is trips to Maryland and Florida here early yeah. on this season. So it's not going to be easy for Charlotte to try to get off to a good start. But Biff's come in, and it's more, I guess, you know, with, with Will, you had a lot of other stuff around it. With Biff, it just seems football. And that's what he's here to do. Fans are excited. And Saturday night is supposed to be a spring game that should look like a normal football game. You never know with spring games these days, how coaches are going to go about it. But this one, I believe, is, hey, we're going to try to see who the best players are so this team is in their best position uh, come September.
0: It seems like, too, he has uh, brought the excitement, and plus I think just the market uh, lends itself to this. But NIL seems to be very strong for the 49ers right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, we look at the roster of the, the transfers and it's the connections, right? Biff, with, with the high school uh, that he had at St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, where you go down the Charlotte 49 roster, you're going to see a lot of that. This Koji is a guy, he doesn't have to coach football. He has right. tons of money if you know his background. And every time you talk to him that I've talked to him, he brought it up in, in his first press conference, is the city of Charlotte and the type of businesses that are here, whether you can go in the banking world, you can go to Lowe's and stuff like that. There, there's tons of money here and he is looking to tap into that. Not only I think in hopeful of NIL, but also for players and you get internships with these companies and you're setting these guys up moving forward. So football wise, we'll see it. You know, basketball wise, maybe we've seen kind of the opposite as the team just lost two best players right. with Bryce Williams going to Nebraska and Ali Khalifa going to BYU so I I think I don't know where the basketball side is going to go in terms of what transfers might come in to help the 49er basketball team but on the football side of things it is clearly Biff Pogey is making an impact now we have seen Patrick in the past transfers come in from bigger schools here to Charlotte and it's not worked out so the the hope is here that some of these guys coming in and with the Biff connection that we'll get the team going on the right track.
0: We've got uh, Bobby Rosinski is on the line with us uh, here, radio host out in Charlotte, uh, announcer for the 49ers in uh, football on Plus, also hoops. Uh, Jerry Richardson Stadium, a really nice stadium, uh, kind of set the needs for uh, the uh, – it was really kind of the perfect stadium, I think, to start in. So many times maybe these schools overbuild uh you say it has the ability to add seats so take the listeners a little bit through that if you don't mind bobby with with your expert description skills that you uh, that, that are in the bloodline on radio but uh, uh give me a little bit of the run through as far as where it is capacity now you know kind of the the phases of the plan to get it ultimately to where
1: yeah, they uh, unveiled a big plan. This was, I guess, last summer it came out. Now all this has to do with money and yes. how uh, donations will come into this university here over time. And if you kind of picture Jerry Richardson Stadium right now, maybe just picture the lower bowl at Bank of America Stadium uh, for people that have been here to Charlotte. And that's kind of more what, the, what it looks like. It is open in the one end zone where they have the Judy Road Fieldhouse. That's where the locker rooms are and the 49ers out. Uh, on the tunnel but it's just a, a lower level bowl uh, it does not go high up uh, you know probably 20 rows something like that it seats around 15,000 people uh, for the 49ers but it was built the concourses are massive uh, that you have to walk around and it was built that way so it can just easily add a second level to the stadium and uh, look I think the plan is to hopefully double it here in the near future of what the charlotte 49ers are looking to do but uh i, I think it's the hope here in the next uh, couple years to get that done and uh, you know there's been talks of maybe trying to play a game or two at bank of america stadium do they need to play a season somewhere else just as the stadium happens to get uh, built and uh, the construction is done but uh the plan's at least to double it in the near future they did bring in this was 2017 it was the first time they played at date they actually mm-hmm. brought in temporary bleachers and added it up on one side of the stadium because of the capacity that was there but i but know for pirate fans you know maybe have made the trip to there except we've not played you guys obviously in football yet but uh, the stadium uh it will expand it will be a lot bigger right now there's no bad seat in the house it is a really nice stadium and as it should be it's 10 years old so you would think it would still be in a uh, pretty good condition
0: yeah absolutely uh, you know it's interesting when i when i've talked to Coaches uh, for ECU here on the radio, but also in just conversation, getting ready for a plus broadcast or something, and and I talk to them about, you know, what do you think of the new the teams coming in? And in a lot of cases, whether the team in that sport is good or not, there is at least from a coaching standpoint, an anticipation, and excitement of playing Charlotte. And again, I think it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this with. You know, the fan base is, uh, get, kind of getting a little juice because it is an in-state rivalry that should blossom and should grow and should be pretty good, we all hope, in, in time, right? So, uh, what, what sports, I, I, ask you, I set this up to ask you what, what, uh, kind of the health of the other sports, at least the ones you're, you're familiar with and the ones that, uh, you know, fans are, are kind of familiar with. What, what's the health of that, you know, athletic program overall right now?
1: Yeah, I think overall the, the health is strong here. You look at Mike Hill, the athletic director, who came in uh, five, six years ago, I guess we we look at him. And, you know, football-wise, it, it's been, I think, disappointing after the first season we had with Will Healy and the trip to the Bahamas Bowl, which was fantastic. Uh, COVID hit, but that impacted every program across the country. So I don't think we can look at that as an excuse. But for the 49ers and uh, VCU fans following, I don't know if there was a team in the country that had four games Cancelled or postponed, and Charlotte did uh, that year, and some of that was on them, some of that was on the opponent. But you know, football-wise, it, it has not gone the way that clearly anybody wanted to, and that's why we're talking about a switch here with Biff Poggi coming in. And as you mentioned, I think there's tons of excitement around this team. Basketball is coming off their best season in a decade. So the question will be. Who's coming into play for this basketball team you lose Bryce Williams as I mentioned and Ali Khalifa they were their top two players so I don't know what this roster is going to look like as we move to the fall and uh, you know the state of college athletics when you talk basketball yeah on the women's basketball side they made a trip to the NCAA tournament two years ago this past season they lost to their top player with a torn ACL in fact it was their fifth 20th year of her collegiate career. She'd come from Duke. Uh, and that kind of derailed the season for Charlotte baseball. You guys know well. I think both these programs are, are it's great out at the ECU rank six in the country. We know what they can do. Uh, Charlotte softballs in a great spot so, uh, Soccer is always good on the Charlotte uh, front. So for, for this fan base, they actually know here in Charlotte, it's a lot of the sports are good. They're waiting for football and basketball to reach that level to kind of join what else is going on. But overall, does the state of the Charlotte athletic department right now, I would say is pretty good.
0: And Halton Arena's had some renovations in the last decade, hasn't it, Bobby? Yeah, new scoreboard
1: uh, has been brought in there. It's it's a nice arena to watch a game. So uh, overall, I think fans as they come into there, they, they've done improvements. You're talking about arena that is, I guess, what, like 25 years old, maybe mm-hmm. something at this point in time of where Halton Arena is. But you walk in there, I wouldn't think you, you would think it is uh, that old. So it's a good place to watch. A game.
0: So what are the challenges in your estimation, you know, with this jump up in leagues in a sense?
1: Oh, I mean, first of all, you can just talk about talent level of trying to get guys that that are at the American Athletic Conference in. for ECU, for Memphis, for all these other schools. You know, you've been recruiting at this level. It's a different platform for the Charlotte 49ers to be at, we can talk NIL and money of where Charlotte is now market wise. We know Charlotte's the top 25 market. Mm-hmm. So you're hopefully hoping that will play a part in this. And clearly Biff poji has been buying into that side of it here, but NIL is, is a huge one here for Charlotte. And it's just, it's recruiting a different level. I know talking to these coaches and you go on these little tours where we go to different spots around the Queen City and they you know, go to a brewery or whatever. And you have the coaches and. You talk to them here that they bring up, hey, you're making that move when you're making the conference, uh, the recruiting pitch to a high school athlete or nowadays to somebody in the transfer portal. It's about where this school is going to be. And I think you can also play off the part, you know, if you win and you're Charlotte and you're in a good market, we know the college landscape. It's not like a Charlotte moves in to the American Athletic Conference that the American Athletic Conference is all set for the next 20 years. Someone's <laughs> going to be moving in a year or two and it's right. going to be the same boat. Everyone's just trying to position themselves so they can be set up to move. May, make the next move that is out there. So for, for Charlotte, I think the possibilities are endless for the school, but in the end, you got to win. I think if you win, you bring recruits and uh, Biff Cogey is open to do that, at least on the football side.
0: Well, and uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the other schools coming in with Charlotte uh, that you've seen and, and watched. Uh, who do you think is most po- best positioned to kind of come in and make an immediate splash? It would seem FAU and basketball and, and a couple of others, uh, perhaps, that were in the NIT, UAB, and uh, North Texas. Uh, and yeah, Charlotte's I mean, it, coming off a good year. But, it, it, with, you know, I, I would think UTSA seems to be the natural – answer in football at least
1: yeah there's uh, it's i think fascinating to see what we'll see uh, on the football side of it yes utsa has been really good now they play uh, have been playing at the the alamo dome there in san antonio yeah. now i i we've only been there once but i do love san antonio and the riverwalk so i'm always excited whenever a trip to utsa is on the docket. We, we look at FAU and you know, they just made a coaching change this season, but I think there's excitement with FAU. It's a good football stadium down there and there's never a bad reason to go down to Boca, especially if you get it later on in the season. You know, UAB built a new stadium. Uh, we visited the first time this year. That place yeah. was fantastic. Pirates played uh, Trent, there
0: in the bowl game. So yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah, that stadium was great. Obviously Trent Dilfer, now the new head coach of UAB. Uh, you look at Rice coming in a part of it as well now they play at the old uh stadium that's like super bowl what like four or five right. was hosted in yeah. you will not love that press box if you have not been to, <laughs> to that stadium uh <laughs> hopefully they'll build a new place there soon it's weird you walk into the stadium that seats you know seventy-five thousand people and there's five thousand sitting there uh for a game that we had at right basketball wise uh, they're, they're decent here and uh, you know north texas nice football stadium uh, they've they made a coaching change as well i believe on the off the board and they did lose their basketball coach i'm trying to make me with texas tech uh, off the top of my head but uh, all these programs moving in are, are pretty good so for the american you know they, they went out and they grabbed six of them which was clearly a lot but i do think when you talk facility wise and just overall state of both basketball and football teams that they're all pretty good here as uh, they make the move up
0: yeah uh let's you got a minute? Do we can shift gears, talk to the Panthers real quick and what you think may happen with this first round pick? Are you, are you good to do that? I, I've kept you yeah, for a long yeah. while. Okay. Great. Nah, go ahead. Bobby Rozinski's uh, with us here, uh, radio host out in Charlotte with, uh, 730, the game 97-5, and, uh, also, uh, calls many Charlotte games for, uh, ESPN Plus football, basketball, uh, et al. So as far as, uh, well, what's your gut? Where, where, are the, where are the Panthers going? I'll just ask you that with the first round I
1: mean I right now at this point I'd be stunned if it's not Bryce Young to be the guy we've seen it sway from I think we're about a a month away or excuse me a month out from when that trade happened of Carolina moving from nine to one with Chicago and I'm sure as y'all you saw heard is C.J. Stroud was the betting favorite and I think it was about two weeks ago Peter King was the first one that had a story saying hey Bryce Young he's hearing that Chris Mortensen came out and uh, now it is 100%. You talk to any beat writer mm-hmm. here in Charlotte that covers this team. It is fully expected to be Bryce Young. Scott Fitterer had his press conference yesterday and was talking about the nutrition of building up Bryce Young with something, you know, they have a plan that they could do. So without saying he was drafting Bryce right, Young, right. it feels like Bryce Young is going to be that guy.
0: Would you be mad at, uh, at Young or, or what?
1: I don't love it. Like I, I'm probably in the minority in this year in Charlotte. And I, I didn't love to move up to number one uh, when we talked right. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Uh, I see. I agree court. with you,
0: Bobby. I agree right. with you. Well, Great minds think alike. There's that, that feels that way here because
1: this whole saying in Charlotte has been, you know, well, they have to get a quarterback. All right. I mean, I agree. They, they need to figure it out, the position. But just because you need one doesn't mean, hey, let's mortgage the future and go up and draft one. If, if this is next year and you're talking Caleb Williams from yeah. USC or Drake May from North Carolina, as uh, long as they continue on the path that we've seen them, then, yeah, sure, be my guest, move up to number one. But, you know, Bryce Young, he's no doubt talented, but he's the smallest dude we're ever going to see walk out here. And, and height-wise, is not actually the bigger problem for me. It's just the the frame of his body and there's a lot of talk here about Russell Wilson. Russell still was a bigger dude coming out of Wisconsin and he was also drafted in the third round not first overall in trading multiple first round picks and DJ Moore your best wide receiver going to be a part of it here I, I think Bryce doesn't come in and he can be okay off the bat I don't think he'll be bad but is he built to last in the NFL I don't think so so when they made the move up, I didn't love it. And then I was like, well, just, at least go with DJ Stroud because I think he's built to at least last in this league. I'd probably go Anthony Richardson before I'd go Bryce right, Young. Right. But, uh, I make my case every day, but I'm resigned to the fact it is what it is uh, for the Carolina fans.
0: How much, uh, obviously with Frank, with the hiring of Frank Reich, I think that was the really great hire. I think, uh, it seems like they're surrounding him with really top caliber assistant coaches. Uh, is, is Tepper, are his hands in this, or is he kind of out of, is, is he taking more of a traditional ownership role and, and maybe not as involved as he might have been initially? Or or, or is it some? Oh, between?
1: he is more involved than maybe he's ever been before. <laughs> okay. And all you have to look at is the pro days of C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and I don't know. (laughs) I don't think he was public at the Levis one. I think he was there. They went to dinner with Will Levis that night in Lexington. But uh, I think I heard, I don't remember the analyst that was on ESPN, but he goes, the last time I remember seeing an owner at a pro day was RG3, and that was Daniel Snyder. Yeah. And that's not an owner you want to be associated with in any way, and that's where we are with Tepper. Uh, Frank Reich spoke about it not long after they made the trade up to one and he said, you know, the conversation was that actually moving up to three and Tepper's was like, well, you're going to the three, you might as well move the one and the Bryce young love by all accounts, it goes back to David Tepper. And he's the one that wants Bryce young to be this guy. And would Frank Reich, Scott Fitterer stand up and say, Hey, no, that's not the pick. I don't know. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, Tepper did want Justin Fields. It didn't happen. Uh, and I still don't think that was the wrong move. I think right. J.C. Horn was the wrong pick. And he could have gone Rashawn Slater and solved the tackle position a year early until he got Icky out of NC State. But Pe- Tepper is extremely involved, and it's what makes everything worrisome. Now, I think he's had a good off offseason uh, in terms of Frank Reich. You mentioned the coaching staff that is in place. I think the moves they've made so far this off season overall have been solid outside of the move up to number one. but. Again, every move you make, signing Adam Thielen's fine. Uh, signing Von Bell's fine, but if you get this pick wrong, which there's a good chance they do, then none of it really matters of what else Carolina's
0: done. Why does Tepper get a little bit of a maybe it's different in Charlotte, but it just seems like outside of Charlotte there seems to be a little more of a pass for Tepper when compared to the other one of the other major sports owners, Tom Dundon with the Canes. Dundon all this kind of bad press when he bought the team and the and he's actually done things to kind of turn it into a winner I mean five straight playoff appearances for them that's the most in the franchise history ever so why, why is it that Dundon kind of gets a little more shade thrown at him you think than Tepper does at least that's yeah, my I, that's my feel no,
1: I can hear you on that. And I know just in Charlotte, you know, we don't talk a ton of Carolina Hurricanes. Right. Obviously now in the playoffs, we're paying a little bit more attention, but I remember a couple of years ago, it wasn't, it was at the AAF, whatever league Tom Dundon was yeah. a part of and they yeah. folded and it was a disaster and there there was a lot of heat, at least uh, on that side of things. You know, we, we give temper a lot of heat, uh, at least as we talk about it because of what has gone on here for his tenure. Now he came in. We all know the Jerry Richardson situation. So Tepper comes in, and he's out there, Patrick, at tailgate, drinking beer, kissing babies, you know, doing everything <laughs> that you do, like he's running for a presidential office, and everybody loves him. Yeah, so Everybody loves him at a great time, but time does take its toll, and, and you want to win. And I, I think that's where frustration is kind of sitting here with Panther fans. So I think Panther fans aren't too John David Tepper. Now, we also live – I I think in an area, Patrick, where it's not New York City, it's not Philly, where you know the fan base is maybe beyond you all the time. People here, you you just want to win, and you always hold out hope for the best. When we get to August, get to September, and the season gets underway, and and Tepper did bring in Charlotte FC, which uh, everyone hasn't really been terrible on that side of things. I think fans. Like that, but there's been the other parts, uh, the whole fiasco in Rock Hill, which was a disaster. Oof, yeah. uh, we were talking about Cupcheck in press conferences. Every time Tepper speaks, I mean, he was going after Scott Fowler last year, I think, <laughs> at one of his final press conferences. Oh, it was when he fired Matt Rule, and he was talking about Scott Fowler, the Charlotte Observer, and it was weird. He mentioned that he brought music to Charlotte like it never existed before. Now he's opened up Bank of America Stadium. Uh, we'll see the United States men's soccer team coming here. This year, so I mean, he has done good things on that side, but in terms of the Panthers and winning and meddling and every aspect of the organization, I mean, I've heard you know even ticket office security, like there's yeah. David the Tepper playing a role in it, and it's just like I, I don't get it. I hope this team gets it right. And they can win, but you can't look at Tepper right now. At least locally, you know, nationally, clearly Panthers aren't at the, the top of the list. And we can even look at the trade to move up to one. It's like it puts the Panthers in the spotlight, and there's David Tepper at Pro Day, being in the spotlight. Like he wants wants that love and attention, uh, and he disappeared. No, it goes wrong when the team started losing. He was he was gone for a while. <laughs> I would look at the Cam Newton signing, like it was a. Just a move to appease the fan base and make people love David Severin for a couple months. Yeah.
0: Hey, Bobby, this was great stuff. Thanks for, uh, doing this this afternoon. We really appreciate it and I hope to catch up with you again soon.
1: Oh, sounds good, Patrick. Appreciate the time.
0: You too. Uh, great to have Bobby Rosinski on. That was really cool. I uh, appreciate him doing that. Okay. We'll grab a break, wrap up the show after this time out. But first, here is a 94-3 the game sports update.
2: This is Chris Cook here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update. ECU Baseball returns to the Diamond tonight at 6 p.m. as they travel to Charlotte to take on the 49ers. Scott Rogers and Coach O will be on the call for the game and will bring you pre-game coverage right here on 94.3 The Game starting at 5.45 p.m. Congratulations to ECU track star Royal Burris on being named this week's American Athletic Conference Track Athlete of the Week. Draymond Green has been suspended one game without pay for stepping on the chest of DeMantis Sabanis, the NBA announced yesterday. A group of professional sports leagues and media outlets have formed a coalition that aims to ensure a responsible approach to sports betting advertising, which has increased dramatically over the past five years and caught the attention of politicians. The Coalition for Responsible Sports Betting Advertising announced Wednesday consists of the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, WNBA, NASCAR, and MLS. Media outlets NBC Universal and Fox have joined the coalition superheaded by NFL Vice President of Public Policy and Government Affairs Jonathan Nabavi and finally Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback Chris Claybrooks was arrested in Nashville, Tennessee, on Saturday on charges of domestic assault with bodily injury and vandalism, according to Davidson County court records. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game sports update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an I.O. initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to donate, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout, right here on 94.3 The Game. Inter- the Game. The Game. In addition to the Pirates and 49ers
0: playing on the Diamond tonight on the ice in Raleigh, it is Game 2 of York Carolina Hurricanes taking on the New York Islanders. Canes over the Isles 2-1 in Game 1. Series will shift after tonight to New York on Friday. So we'll cover it for you tomorrow. Also have all of the postmortem and thoughts on the Pirate baseball game tonight. Get you out to Scotty Rogers and Dr. Gary Overton on the call in just a little bit. D1 Baseball out this afternoon with their latest field of 64 projections. LSU remains number one. Uh, UTSA is the third seed in that Baton Rouge Regional. I know, I know, you want to know about ECU. Well, the Pirates are up to number eight in the baseball project, uh, D1 Baseball Projections. Uh, they would have Duke and Alabama in their Alabama. Yes, Alabama in their regional in Greenville. And uh Loyola Marymount. They would be opposite of Stanford, who would be the nine, and be in there with San Jose State, TCU, and UC Santa Barbara. Uh just a couple of other notes here and there, uh opposite of LSU in the Baton Rouge. Uh, regional is Indiana, the Bloomington, so one-time Pirate foe. Indiana, a 16 seed nationally, uh, according to D1 Baseball as of right now. Wake Forest, of course, remains at number two. Elon is in there in that uh, Winston-Salem regional. UConn, number 15 in there with uh, Central Connecticut State, Boston College, and Northeastern. Vandy, number three. Miami, number four. Uh, Excuse me, number 14. Number four is Arkansas. Number 13 is Texas. Number five is South Carolina with uh, NC State, Wofford, and Davidson in the Columbia Regional. They're opposite number 12, Oregon State. Coastal Carolina is a national seed at 11 with North Carolina going there. Opposite uh, Virginia and Charlottesville with Campbell and Maryland playing there. Florida, number seven, Florida is, uh, in the Gainesville regional, uh, opposite number ten, Kentucky, uh, and, uh, West Virginia is the number three seed in that Lexington regional. But, uh, the big takeaway, the Pirates up to number eight in those projections with Duke, a team that beat them earlier in the year, and the, uh, Crimson Tide of Alabama and Loyola Marymount. Uh, dive into this a little more tomorrow as, uh, well. Uh, the uh, Niners are coming off a loss last night to North Carolina, five-three in Chapel Hill. Did get an impressive road sweep of Conference USA foe Rice last weekend, and they are batting two-sixty as a team. They have three hundred forty-three strikeouts. Do the, does their pitching staff in three hundred five and two-thirds innings of four seventy-four ERA. Pirates are batting a sizzling three-fifty during its eight-game or during their eight-game win streak. And for the season, East Carolina is batting 304. That is good for 35th nationally. Eight different Pirates are batting over 300 Justin Wilcoxon leads the way at 346. Josh Moylan, 333 behind him, also is the club leader in doubles with 11, home runs with 8, and RBI with 39. Pirates and 49ers, as Zach Grud will get his fifth start of the year for ECU. And we're going to send you out right now to, well, after this commercial, we're going to send you out to Charlotte, for the pregame show, radio coverage of East Carolina and Charlotte.
1: Need $1,000 to $10,000 immediately for a gift or someone special, car repairs, or on a...